Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of 7 Mile Chats. Just a quick disclaimer for this episode, there are some audio issues that you will encounter throughout, but I promise that if you can stick through it, the conversation and reflection are worth it. So thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy this episode. and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's degree in theology, and the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm very excited because I am walking and talking with someone I've known for over 20 years. We became friends our freshman year at Catholic University when we were very active in campus ministry. She is currently a principal at a Catholic school outside of Chicago, and she is still one of my funniest and dearest friends. It's Sally Santiano. Sally, hello. Hey, hey, (laughs) thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, you're my number one listener, I think, besides my mom. So thank you for listening to all my episodes. I was <laughs> being my number say, one yeah, fan. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> you really have been. You're like the most devoted, you know, listener besides my mom. So thank you for being my, my it's one great. listener. I love your podcast. It gives me um, a lot of joy every Tuesday morning. So thank you for what you do. Oh my gosh. And I love also, I love all my guests and I'm very grateful for all my guests, but it's really nice when I have someone that I just, I know really well and we can just be ourselves and, <laughs> and talk about scripture like we do. Cause we've, like I said, known each other for a long time. We've prayed together, done many retreats together. Did you see, speaking of retreats and like scripture and everything like that, did you see on um, Instagram that Mike, Michael Riziki like surprised me with a picture from like a retreat we did back in, I think it was was it New Jersey? Did you see that picture? I did. And I couldn't decide if I was grateful to not be in the picture <laughs> or if I was a little bummed out that I wasn't in that Oh my gosh. Fest. He surprised me. So Michael Rizicki, you and my other listener, um, <laughs> he was a, a guest back at, in season one at the, one of my first guests. And we go, all of us go way back to Catholic U and did a lot of ministry together. So was that a music ministry retreat? Like what were we doing? Where were we? Do you remember? I don't, I didn't remember that particular one. So maybe I wasn't there, but I know I was at the ones in like Shemokin and yeah. um, Camp Hill and Simpson. So I don't, I don't know, but those were some good times. And I always appreciated um, driving in Michael's uh, Volkswagen bug and blasting the praise and worship. And, uh, oh my gosh, the bug. I forgot he had a bug. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So we do, we go way back doing retreats and scripture stuff all the way back then. We were such nerds, like what 20 somethings drive around and give retreats and <laughs> it was know. special. I mean, I think in college we could have been really involved in some trouble, but we, uh, we walked a, a very uh, good line there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our weekends were filled with very wholesome activities. It's true. So. We, we had fun. We did have fun. We're making it sound like we were total losers, but we had fun. We just also, <laughs> we also prayed a lot. I just didn't, you know. <laughs> so Sally, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Well, hello. Um, I am Sally, and I uh, went to college with Julia and at Catholic U. I am currently a, um, well, I'm a wife and a mother. I was thinking I should probably lead with that. But I have three (laughs) kind of crazy kids who you may hear in the background, may or may not. 
Um, but I'm also a principal at um, a Southside Chicago Catholic school. This is my fourth year. And um, I'm principal of St. John de La Salle Catholic Academy. And um, I've taught in uh, the Diocese of Gary uh, before working in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So I've been a Catholic school teacher since um, really, uh, I studied social work at Catholic U, but um, really got bitten by the teaching bug when I did my year of service with the Passionist Volunteers in um, Jamaica, West Indies. So that kind of, um, you know, lit the fire for me in education, and I've been working in Catholic schools ever since. So since about, I guess, 2004, I've been working in Catholic schools, but only a principal now for four years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I always think about you as a social work major, but you have, you've been involved in Catholic schools. I forgot about all like the volunteer programs that you did and everything like that. And now I can't believe that you're a principal as a Catholic school teacher. I totally admire you and appreciate you because you have to put up with us and the parents and the students, like you really do it all. <laughs> um, no, and you know, it is, it is really, I mean, some days are better than others. There's been some really hard days, especially this year with the pandemic, but I honestly, I was saying, you know, I think this year professionally is one of our best years because we really had to come together and, um, you know, it's all for the kids. So it's been a really hard year because of the pandemic, but I also feel like it's been a really grace filled year. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that we all, Obviously, there's been so many challenges, but it's nice to hear you say that it's been a really good year. I feel like all of us um, on our staff, too, we just get it. We just get that we have to rally mm-hmm. and we have to, like you said, for, sure. for the kid, the kids. Yep. So the teachers yeah. are real, you know, superheroes. But uh, you have to say that because you're talking to one. <laughs> you have to say that. But that's OK. Thank you. We are. No. <laughs> um, anyways, Sally, I'm so glad that you're here and we're going to talk about um, an Old Testament verse that I'm I'm curious to see why you picked and all of that. But first, why don't I go ahead and have you read that? Which translation are you going to be reading from? Sure. I'm using the King James version. I love I love it. Let's let's get into it. So whenever you're ready. Okay. So the full um, King James uh, Proverbs 29 verse 18 is where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Okay. So I can't wait to talk about why you picked this and why this translation and all of that. But just to give the listeners a little bit of background on Proverbs, because we haven't actually done an Old Testament book in a while. We haven't done Proverbs. Proverbs is in the wisdom section of the Old Testament. It's attributed to Solomon. And there are a couple sections of the book of Proverbs, most likely the second and fifth section um, that are attributed to him specifically. But I think the latter versions, like the latter chapters were from 29 where you've picked, I don't think it's necessarily Solomon who wrote them because I, I want to, when we talk about it, I'll get more into why I think that. But Proverbs are just wise sayings and we're not, Christians and Jews are not like the only ones to have Proverbs. It's many ancient cultures have their wise sayings and their little kind of, you know, Proverbs are just kind of these quick quips of like things that wise men do versus what someone who's not wise does. So that's a little bit of background on this book. This was most likely edited and put together in the fifth century BC. So that's my spiel on Proverbs. Um, Sally, why did you pick this verse? Well, thank you for that little history lesson, Julia, because I did (laughs) not know any of that. Um, So I picked this verse because I I can't take full credit, but Father Kiguta is our pastor at my Catholic school. He's from Tanzania. And um, usually at the beginning of every school year, I mean, sorry, every new year, he has the students um, set goals for themselves and they bring it up during the offertory. And when he has them um, write them down and bring them and put them in the offertory, the week before he really stresses this passage and has the kids memorize it. And the kids actually just memorize... um, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
um, not not the rest of it, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. But um, I feel I find that this verse has actually followed me a little bit. Um, I went on retreat last year with my ACE Notre Dame program um, in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was on the wall. And I've seen it, like I see it a fair amount, not just at school. And I, I don't know why I picked it. I mean, I think, I don't know, it just, it really um, stood out to me that I'm somebody who, you know, is really big on vision or like dreams, really, because um one of the translations says like where there are no dreams that people perish and not dreams so much as like a dream interpreter like Joseph or, or anything like that. But for me, it just um, is a, a reminder that God asks us to to dream big and to just keep dreaming and to, to, to not lose sight. And I think especially because we're in this pandemic and everything, um, sometimes I can get like a little, you know, singular, like just survival, like I want to sur- survive and not thrive. But I really feel like this passage is a reminder to to thrive. That's really interesting. It's it's such a like I I'm not really into proverbs that much. It's not a book that I necessarily go to when I'm looking at scripture. I don't think like we use it much in liturgy really. When I was doing my research, it did say uh, in the introduction to the chapter that that Jesus and the apostles quoted proverbs a lot apparently, which I oh. was not too familiar with. But um, recently, I did a, an episode with a, a girl and we looked at Matthew's gospel and it read kind of like proverbial and a little bit like Solomon-esque, but um, so, yeah, so it's it's interesting that the old and the new um, connection, but that this is one that's followed you around. And that's really interesting that the priest always has your kids memorize it. Um, why do you think that he has them like this well, particular one? I think father is really big on education and he's really big on um, goal setting and just especially coming from Africa and then coming as a priest to America and everything. And I definitely think both education systems are quite different. And I think because we are a school on the South side, we're always trying to stay open. You know, we're pretty small, um, you know, looking to grow, but I'm always kind of just like scrappy and and, and fighting to, to stay there. I think, you know, he just wants the kids to set goals and dream bigger than their surroundings and bigger than the neighborhood that we're in. Um, because I think he did. And I don't really think it matters like where you started, um, you know, or what, what your neighborhood is. I remember as a kid just dreaming, like I thought I was going to be an astronaut and I thought I was going to be on Saturday Night Live. Like there's all these things that I thought that, but when I look back now, I feel like all of those dreams actually helped prepare me for, you know, where I am now. And I, I also don't see being a principal as like the end of the road for me either. Like, okay, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I feel like God is always asking me to, keep looking, keep searching, keep discerning. And then he's going to show me because, you know, I, I tried for nine, I think nine years, I I should look back, but to be a principal, I I think it was like seven years and nine interviews. And I'd always get down to like the final two. And I, it was devastating. Like it was, it was really um, hurtful. Like I took it personally every time, but now when I'm at St. John, I can see where God really put um, aligned things and different things I have thought and hoped for you know, came to fruition in his time and not mine. And so whether I stay at St. John forever or, you know, I feel like God is always constantly reminding me that he, he's got my back and that um, he's not going to, you know, I'll never be, you know, left to dry, you know, left hung out to dry. I've got to just keep discerning, stay close to him. And, and I think this passage reminds me of that. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And that's really good advice. Um I also, I call it kind of like my Mary Poppins, like, um, way of life where I just kind of like, well, I just kind of like, I, what you were saying kind of spoke to me and that like, it's, 
wherever the wind blows me, that's where I'm going to go. You know, where she yeah. like kind of like, that's where she, she goes next when her job is done. She goes to the next job, presumably. Um, and I just feel like I have kind of been the same way. It's, it's very apostolic to have that attitude. Like you were talking about, it's like, you know, Jesus and the apostles going from one town to the next, shaking their dirt from their feet where, you know, if they needed to and moving on. And I think that's a great way to be, to like constantly be dis- discerning. Um, it's interesting that with this, and it, you explaining about the priests, um, maybe reasoning behind this, um, with the vision and like having a goal and like that goal focuses you. It's interesting that you say that because my translation, I have, um, the new American and, um, this might be a revised one, but mine's, mine doesn't use the word vision at all. It says without prophecy, the people become, yeah. Originally when you picked this and I looked at mine, I was like, I'm interested in why she picked this. So mine says without prophecy, the people become demoralized, but happy is he who keeps the law. So the latter part is the same, but prophecy is a little bit different to me than vision. I kind of like your translation better of like having a goal and having a vision. And then if you don't have that, then you perish. But like to have not prophecy and then be demoralized, I feel like is a different meaning. Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it says if you don't have prophecy, you'll be demoralized. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that takes it to another level there. <laughs> Right. So like for me, prophecy is like a message from God, right? Something, but it's, I mean, it's still this vision, I guess, but it's more of a literal vision, I think, or a message, you know, it's a little more specific than a goal. <laughs> um, for sure. Any, I don't know, but I like your, ver- I like your version better. Cause I think that that definitely speaks to the kids. Um, you know, no matter what the demographic, we're always teaching kids to like have a goal and, right. uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm different than you. I don't know if I ever had or like a really specific goal. I still don't know if I have a specific goal. I think that's why I just go where the wind takes me. I think too, like Proverbs kind of remind me of, um, not that I'm a proverb scholar by any stretch, but they kind of <laughs> remind me of like idioms and things that we teach students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just like a pocket of knowledge that you can like pull, like, I mean, not a pocket, like something you keep in your pocket and you can pull out like Yep. You know, for a reminder of strength or something like that. And I, I think that's too, I like it. And it kind of connects to when you were saying that I never really thought about Jesus using Proverbs, but that would make sense because he teaches in so, like so many like um, pictorial or like um, demonstrative ways to like get everyone to visualize what he's um, teaching or thinking. So I think that's really, and I never realized yeah. that he used them so much. I know. And it makes sense that your, your priests would have them do a little snippet too, because a proverb is something really short that can be easily remembered and remind them. So uh, do you find that like the students do remember from like kindergarten all the way through eighth grades and, and like beyond? Like For sure. to them? He has a couple different verses that he has them memorize. And then I've been doing it a lot when I teach religion. I've taught a bit this year, just covering classes um, for the people who have to teach online and such. But, yeah. um, and I don't know if it's because we're a predominantly African-American population, but um, like scripture verses and memorization, like, cause about 90% of our school is not Catholic, but, um, I think that scripture memorization is something that is really important that like, I never really, I think I was only taught John three sixteen at vacation Bible school, which mm-hmm. I can still quote from like the fourth grade, but I've been talking to the kids about it. And I really do feel like, um, it's nice when you do have some scripture memorized to, to fall back on to um include in a like a letter to a friend or you know a paper that you're writing for school or um and the kids are are not um unfamiliar with that like that's pretty common it's it's more foreign to me than than my students 
Yeah, and we, I've talked I've talked about this a couple times with uh, other like kind of cradle Catholics as we are that we're not so great about memorizing scripture or like remembering scripture. You know, obviously the mass is full of scripture, so that is really cool that um, they get to learn some and that you get to learn with them. And it's interesting that they don't that they're not necessarily Catholic, but are many of them Christian? I would assume. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they probably connect with the the scripture or like. Do- um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I I think at this point they have quite a few, you know, memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So then you have to be, be careful that it's not just another one that you memorized. Right. That's the next, that's definitely the next thing is like, we can have all these, but then you have to apply it, um, which is kind of going to lead me into where I wanted to go. Like, so part of this podcast is to then apply this to like the larger picture. And certainly we talked about like your life in school. Um, how do you think that this verse, this proverb maybe applies to like our world today or our society? Well, I do think it's interesting to point out the second part that that we don't quote all the time. He that keepeth the law happy is he. And um, my friends in my Notre Dame program tease me that I'm like a huge rule follower. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have a hard time, like, if I don't do the homework on time or, you know, like I put a lot of pressure on myself, maybe perhaps in like a unhealthy perfectionist way sometimes. But, um, but I do feel happy when I keep the law. And I think this this is also a reminder to me that that's not the most important thing. Like how many times does Jesus say like, um, eat, well, you're better than me, Julia, but like about like the keeping the Sabbath and stuff um, when he's getting questioned for doing miracles on, on those days and things. And he's saying like, what's, what's important, the letter of the law or, you know, the, the, the meat behind it. And um, I think sometimes I, I consider myself like, well, I'm doing a good job. Like I, I checked off the boxes. I kept the law. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but, um, there's a danger in that too. And I think, you know, um, it's not just about, you know, um, keeping the law, although that is important and, um, it does make us happy to be within the, the laws of God's, um, teachings, but it's not the only thing. And then also like when you stop dreaming, like, you know, I think we've seen a lot in the last couple of weeks with, um, politically and everything with a new, you know, a new president and new, a renowned, you know, direction that people are hoping that the country will go. But for a while, you know, it can be kind of dark if you, if you're not feeling um, like there's a dream or a vision for your country or for your school or for your home, it's a really dangerous place to be, I think. And um, I think I'm rambling now, but that's just what I was thinking about with that. No, I like everything that you said. I think that makes total sense um, to touch upon what you just said about our country. When you originally picked this, I was thinking about, okay, how this is going to relate and what we're going to say. And I, I liked your your translation of the vision. And if you don't have a vision, then it per- the people will perish. Mm-hmm. And then and then also, I think it relates with my translation too. Like if there's no prophecy, people become demoralized. And I just feel like mm-hmm. we did maybe feel demoralized for a minute there. At least I did personally, you know, because we we weren't united necessarily under a vision and not to say that we are now we're still, everything is new, but that new, that new dream, that new vision does bring a new hope. And after, you know, for me personally, like a a period where I didn't feel like I didn't understand where the direction was. And even me personally, um, everything that was going on in the world, maybe kind of made me lose a vision or lose my, my prophecy. You know, I started to get demoralized and because I didn't know where we were going as a country, it seemed very demoralizing. So I think that's a really good point to bring up. 
and I can connect to your, your law part too. I'm a rule follower too. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, with working with kids, kids don't really love rules. You know, they have so many because they have to, they're kids. And so we, my middle schoolers and I talk a lot about just, okay, why do we have rules? Why are they important? You know, and, and with God too, like he has all these things, you know, why does God have these things that we should and shouldn't do? Well, it's for our our benefit. It's, we just talked recently about Jeremiah, like having Mm -hmm. things for well, welfare, not for woe. Right. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you wanted to speak to any of that, but like you have kids and you teach kids. Do you find like, I think this could relate to them, right? Like the keeping the law, the keeping the rules. Yeah. Everything you said, like, you know, nobody, nobody under the age of like probably 18 loves rules. No. Um, yeah. (laughs) Because they seem so limiting, but there's also a safety in them. And, um, Mm -hmm. well, we also can't let them, um, become us. I know a big thing that we talk about in my Notre Dame program, and it's also come up in the archdiocese is that, um, belonging, behaving, believing, like how we've, uh, for a long time, you know, in the church or whatever, made people have to belong first or like you first to, to belong first, you have to behave a certain way. And if you behave a certain way, then you can belong. And then if you belong, then you believe. And now the message is like, that's not what we were doing was saying like, you have to sit in this seat and you have to follow these rules. And, and when you do this, then we'll, we'll accept you. And then you'll, be a believer, but that's not how, um, you know, we first have to have pe- people feel a sense of belonging. And, mm-hmm. and for so long, it's like, even in my own, like, okay, I got to teach these kids how to kneel. I got to, but like, no, I have to teach them like who Jesus is, you know, not that we stand here and we sit here and we say this prayer then and we, you know, those things are all important. But if I don't teach them about Jesus as my friend or um, let them know who Jesus is, you know, my own children or my students at school, they're going to go out into the world. Okay, they'll know how to kneel at a certain part in the mass, perhaps, but they're not going to have a, you know, a personal relationship with Jesus. And, and um, this passage reminds me of that, too, like, keeping the law is one thing, but it's not everything. I think that's really well said. I actually... You and I had seen each other, I think, the last time we saw... No, that's not true. We did our little girls weekend, which was great. But before that, we um, we saw each other at the NCA conference um, oh, yeah. in Chicago. And I that's kind of where that model that you're mentioning about the belief versus the belonging, it's mm-hmm. like kind of a, tri- a triangle model. Mm-hmm, you know, it, mm-hmm. used, it used to start with like belief as the base and then you belong or, or vice versa. And it is kind of flipped now, um, whereas like it's like it kind of follows the CrossFit model is what they I think spoke about at the conference. Oh like really? People, oh okay. Yeah, like people people join, you know, CrossFit maybe because for that belonging, right? And then they become like this maybe I'm maybe I'm flipping it, but like it's that idea of like then they buy into it, you know, once you feel but it's that community that they're seeking first and then you get mm. into the beliefs the belief system. Whereas I'm not, it's a, different big, back- I'm not a big fitness person. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, I, this is like the study. No, no, I went just, to. A, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah. None of your listeners will uh, confuse me for a CrossFit expert. <laughs> well, no, I was at the conference and I heard them speak and they compared it to the CrossFit. I'm also not into CrossFit, but it's that that difference of like, whereas in our parents' generation, yeah, like in our parents' generation, it was the belief, and then like mm-hmm. you said, then you belong, and now it's like, well, I want to belong to something. I want to, you know, so then I also can believe in something, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just, I'm kind of fascinated by that because you're right. That is kind of our culture right now. Um, So you can't just like feed them these laws and these rules. You know, they need to buy into it. They need to know the why and have that passion and the relationship that you're talking about. For sure. 
and it's hard to, and that's where I'm at with my ministry with middle schoolers too, and adult ministry. Um, I find sometimes like even the parents and you, you know, you're, you are a parent and you work with parents and everything. I, sometimes the parents are the ones I really have to work on to get to understand why we do what we do, you know, as teachers and as Christians and Catholics. Yeah. I mean, that's totally true. I, I think I have to, I have to check myself as a parent too, you know, because it's like, we're also reflecting the way that, that we were raised and possibly, you know, not, I don't know that I was catechized the best. I, I thank God all the time that I, you know, ended up at Catholic because I learned so much there and I was already like what, 18 to 17 to 21. So, you know, like, um, thank God I got there and, and thank God I met the people that I did that, that shaped me. And, you know, some of my students or, you know, I, I only know that they're only there for a year or, or longer or my own kids, you know, God willing, they'll be with me for 18 years before they leave the house or whatever. But it really is a challenge because if you're reconciling your own faith on the struggles that you have with that, but you also are tasked with the, you know, important burden of sharing it with others it's a, it's, 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 it's a daunting task. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think the pandemic has kind of illustrated to me too, that like parents are tired, like I'm tired, you know, like, and so it, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning is um, when you're just focused on trying to survive, you're not going to thrive. And uh, that's kind of like my, my new mantra now that, now that we beat COVID and we're <laughs> better and everything, but like, how can we thrive? It's not just enough to like get through each day or get to the weekend. Like we need to live life, you know, the way that was intended and it wasn't just meant, you know, to make it through day to day. Mm -hmm. So how do you can, to bring it kind of all back and connect it, how does this verse, cause you did start off saying that, like, how does this verse help us to thrive? Do you think? Um, So for me, I mean, I don't know if it is for everyone, but for me having, having dreams and goals, I mean, I'm a really big to-do list kind of person, but I've had to remind myself that even on my to-do list, I even put like um, my, not just my work or my family responsibilities, but also my spiritual responsibilities. So um, this, I've been doing the Father Mike, um, you know, Bible in the Ear podcast, and I've been sticking to that. Um, but I, I even put those on my to-do list and cross them out, you know, when I'm done so that I can remind myself that um, it's it's not, I got to pray, you know, I got to pray in the morning. Um I'm trying to do more self-care. I'm very good about it on Tuesdays because I listen to um, seven mile chats, (laughs) but, you know, just finding different ways, like a cup of tea and a devotional or um, um, instead of watching another episode of, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, catching up on um, something spiritual on YouTube instead. And, um, and then sharing those things with my family, sharing those things with my students. We, my family, we have like a Lenten devotional, but we also, like when it wasn't Lent, like we have one that's now that we use and we read it every night at dinner. So just trying to carve out those moments where we are reflecting spiritually, or we might go around the table and say our favorite part of the day, you know, um, just different ways to connect and kind of bring it back to um, faith. And instead of just like, you know, checking my phone or, you know, putting on the TV or um, trying to find moments for that self-care, but that self-care is like the relationship with Jesus too. I know that we were both kind of like planners and type A a little bit. And I, but, and I have my lists and my, I think I said earlier, I don't really have, (laughs) didn't have goals. I do have goals, but it's more like these daily checklists that I do, you know, live off of. And I think my, my broader goal is like, I just want to evangelize. Right. And I want to do that in whatever way. You did that very well. 
That's the thank you. That's the stuff that kind of is in flux though. Like I have the ultimate and then it kind of changes, but you're just naming a bunch of really, I think, specific things that are doable. You know, I think that's the other point, the other, um, when you're making goals is that has to be, you can have something that's lofty, but then it also needs to be tangible and then think about how can I break it down into like tangible ways so I can achieve that goal. And I think what you just described is very tangible, you know, just having carving out little moments in your day. And I know it's not easy because you're a mom and you're a principal and a friend and all of those things, but you're doing it. I mean, there's a lot you can do with a commute. Like at first I really kind of wasn't crazy about my commute. I live in Indiana and I work in Chicago and it's not a terrible commute by any stretch, but you know, at first I was like, Oh, this commute, but I've actually like in the pandemic, not having the commute all the time. Like I've actually Mm -hmm. um, become wistful for it because there, there were some bad days where I just listened to Matt Meyer, Lord, I need you like on repeat on my way to school or, you know, or um, relevant radio or something. But I find that that time it's, it's sometimes my only time by myself, but if I can find like a, a good podcast, a good song, um, a good moment to pray, you know, I, I actually really appreciate the commute. now. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I mean, we have opposite kind of li- lifestyles. Like I'm like alone, all the time. especially in the pandemic. It was, I was alone a lot. <laughs> it started to get weird. Yeah. Like I'm like, I started my podcast so that I could have opportunities to connect with people, (laughs) you know, so I appreciate that. But podcasts are connecting us, whether you're listening to it in your moments of brief, you know, quiet, or you're talking to someone on a podcast, I think. I'm glad. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I had anything, you know, great to share, but I I do always like glean something from all of the, when, you know, the things that other people share. So I I think it's important that we keep faith-filled things, you know, podcasts and the like, you know, so that we're not just being swayed by, you know, dancing with the stars or, you know, the bachelor or something. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem too. I do spend a little bit too much time watching all this. There's so much stuff out there though. And then with all of this time, <laughs> that's like what I've filled my time with. But I think you've given us some really good tangible things that we Well, can I'm no them. expert. I've been known to be a show or two. So um, yeah, don't think <laughs> I'm an expert. But I think, again, it, it ties back to the passage. Like when you get when you get off the vision, when you, you you find yourself, you know, diverting from the goals that lead to that dream, you just get back on the horse. <laughs> just get back oh on the horse. Amen. You're you crushed this. I don't know why you were ner- <laughs> like you were so insightful. This is amazing. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Sally, before we wrap up? Um, not really. I do want to do the thing where we get to plug our our, our thing. Yes. Yes, um, please plug. Yes. Okay, well, I'm I am on Instagram um as myself, but um Give us a follow at school. We're um, St. John de La Salle, just uh, St. John, D-E-L-A-S-A-L-L-E. And then on Facebook, we're um, St. John de La Salle Catholic Church and Academy. Um, I think that's all. I, I, don't, I don't do the old Twitter. I think I'm, I missed that boat. But, um, but you know, I, 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 our school website is um, johndlsacademy.org. But anyone who's listening, I, you know, I appreciate any ideas or any follows or um, just a like here and there. Um, I feel like we really are trying to um, do God's work. And it's great to see all the other stuff that people are posting because it gives me a lot of ideas of things we can do with the kids or um, so that I think that's my big plug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, def- definitely check out your school. Is there anything that you all are in need of right now? Like, is there anything on the website that we can look for to like donate or? That's a great question. Um, we have a link on the um, website if people want to donate the old cold hard cash, but we can always use um, just stuff like copy paper, um, glue sticks, you know, school supplies. Um, if anybody's doing like a drive at their school or whatever, we will always gladly take 
you know, notebooks and things off your hand. And um, we go, we seem to go through a lot of them. So. Yeah. I just remember in the past, you've had like a need for like water fountains or something. Water fountains are not something we are using right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually I'm really um, glad we got them because they're bottle filler ones. And so the kids are able to fill their bottles because you're not allowed to do the mouth ones now. So. Right. Right. No, good. That was, I'm glad that, that you guys are able that to make them. Yeah. yeah. So definitely check out Sally's um, school's website. And uh, thank you so much, Sally, for being here. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram at seven mile chats and then on Twitter at Ms. Struckley, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1 to talk scripture with me or education. Um, but Sally, it's so much fun to have you on and maybe we should do it again. <laughs> yes, I am. I am so honored, Julianne. I thank you so much for this ministry. It, it, it brings a lot of joy to me. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I love you. Thank you for being here. Love you, friend. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.